Hello, everyone, and welcome back to True Time. On this week's case, a town was celebrating the 4th of July. However, something evil was not happening too far away. This is the Kuntz family murders. everyone hello everyone my name is avery my name is dylan and thank you for listening to true time today thank you for coming back we are listening every week so excited to have you here we love you oh that was passionate dylan (laughs) oh no (laughs) that was good we hope you enjoyed your fourth of july weekend long weekend it's always nice to get that extra day or two. Or two for us. Yeah. Well, you. Me. <laughs> I work from home now. <laughs> I'm so jealous, especially with my new setup. I know. You can tell them what it's you beautiful. got. Just imagine, okay, sitting in your desk chair, if you have one, <laughs> and you look up and you see a large, curved, beautiful uh-huh. monitor. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah and then next to it not as beautiful not as curved at all (laughs) other monitor (laughs) two monitors two you lucky duck i know i'm blessed you have a great wife yeah give you permission to no i'm just kidding he asked me but i was like why are you even asking me of course i feel bad for spending money on myself like 99.9 percent of the time i could care less because whatever dylan buys is usually something he definitely needs or would really like to have and would use whereas sometimes like i go through phases where i'm like oh i would really like this and then a week later i'm like yeah i'm glad i didn't get that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i wanted that for five minutes yeah but yeah he really likes it. He keeps telling me to use it. Yeah. I mean, she works from home and I have a crazy setup and she just uses a little 13-inch laptop. I'm just a laptop person. I'm not very tech savvy. I know I've said that before. It's not tech savvy. It's, it's just, just so much monitor. screen. <laughs> it's like split screen and he's like, you can have three sources up on this one and you're writing on this side. I'm like, I like tabs. I love convenience. I love just how streamlined it is like i don't have to click on a bunch of things and that's frustrating to me like i'm so glad at work i have two monitors because i hate (laughs) having to click between five different things back and forth i love just moving around and being efficient yeah it's very dylan so that's (laughs) exciting for him very exciting for me both of us is the wedding planning that's been going on over here consuming avery's soul a little bit but it's all gonna be amazing um we are three months away pretty much almost to the day yeah three months out and it is on like i didn't realize how many tiny details i knew planning a wedding was a lot like i've heard that i've learned that there's a lot of tiny, tiny details that you don't even think about when you Mm kind of just do an overview. So 
and I really like to do things myself and like have a hand in everything. So I'm really trying to figure out what needs to get done and colors and flowers and tablecloths and napkins. And (laughs) you're like, you don't realize how many little details, but it's been going really well. And I guess I could tell you guys some of the fun parts that about some details about our wedding. Yeah. We chose our colors finally, even though we're three months away, we figured that out. Um, We are doing like a navy blue and like a terracotta rusty color and white and a lot of greenery. So those are our wedding colors. It's a fall wedding, so I feel like it'll fit the vibe very nicely. Just to tell you exactly what the vibe is, the place, the venue's name is... The farmhouse. Yes. So but that's the exact vibe. Not an average farmhouse. No, not not even close. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been yeah. to. Yeah, it's, it's all white. Gorgeous. More of a, like a modern take on a farm. Yeah, it's a lot of like white and green. And I really like those kind of colors. And that was the inspiration for a lot of my choices. So it's beautiful. Our wedding colors are sent um the invitations will be mailed out shortly so that's exciting we finally asked our bridesmaids and groomsmen people are like holy they're way behind yeah (laughs) you guys don't you guys don't get it we really are a little behind but it's okay (laughs) it's hard planning a wedding from a different country i'll just say that but we're getting there luckily our friends they all knew yeah we're just i wanted to send my bridesmaids a gift a gift but um that's the thing, though. Like, pretty much all my family lives in Texas, like, knows this is happening and when. So it's not like they even need invitations, really. Yeah, everybody... And then your family knows you're close yeah, to Yeah, like, they, I already have family... It's not a secret to people. ...looking into hotels. Yeah, it's everybody knows. We're just... The formalities yeah. are falling into place. And if any of my bridesmaids are listening to this, they're like, I haven't gotten anything yet. It's coming. <laughs> it's on its way. It's on its way. But um, yeah, we're excited. Lots of little details like that are coming into place. So I will keep you updated. But if you have any tips on how to be organized or more small details that I might miss along (laughs) the way, let me know. Or some cool things that you had at your wedding, did at your wedding if you're married or getting married. Quirky, cheap things. (laughs) Affordable, free cool ideas because yeah. <laughs> yeah weddings are not cheap no <laughs> no but yeah so let us know celebrate with us we'll keep you posted along the way because yeah. it'll we did definitely the teaser be for the cruise now it's time to do the teaser for the uh, yeah the wedding <laughs> yeah and right seriously. after our wedding is my birthday mm-hmm. so it'll be probably a very relaxed yeah a lot of relief <laughs> lots birthday. of alcohol Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be super fun. So we're excited. We definitely have a lot coming up. So stick around if you want to hear all about it. Yeah. Shall we move into the story? Let's get into it. Okay. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have any of you felt like you've been struggling lately? Maybe you've been having trouble sleeping, difficulty with your career path, or you're trying to figure out your identity and who you truly want to be. In my experience, I faced all of these struggles over the past year. After graduating college, my life completely changed. 
I moved to Germany, I got married, I started a new job, and during all of it, I also started this podcast with Dylan. After my life being so consistent for four years, all of those changes caused me to question every aspect of myself and what I wanted to do with my life. One of the best ways I've been able to overcome my struggles was to talk about it. If you feel ready to talk to a therapist, BetterHelp is an amazing solution. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp has over 20,000 therapists with a broad range of expertise, which allows you to find a therapist that truly fits your needs. This gives you the best experience since it will provide you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. BetterHelp has given a special offer to True Time listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash truetime. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash truetime. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Before we get into this case, I just wanted to give you all a content warning that this does contain some more adult themes that are not suitable for younger listeners. This week's case happened on July 4th, 1987 in the small town of Athens, Wisconsin. Athens is located about 30 miles away from the biggest city in Marathon County and was home to about a thousand people. Athens really was a small traditional town with a close-knit community. However, despite Athens being the ideal representation of a small, friendly American town, it still had its outsiders and dark secrets. As the town celebrated the 4th with typical festivities and a fireworks display at the end of that hot summer night, something sinister would go on to happen after. The Coons family was found the next morning on the 5th, all shot in the head in their family home. Okay, that went so south so fast. Yeah. I thought you were going to build up to something. We're getting into it. Jumped right into it. That's terrible. How many people are in their family? So I will, I'll get there. Okay, keep going. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Don't worry. The Coons family was not the most accepted or well-known family in Athens. In fact, most of the people who lived there didn't really know them at all. Hmm. So the Coons family consisted of four adult siblings named Irene, who was 81, Clarence, who was 76, Marie, who was 72, and Helen, who was 70. Also living with the four of them were Helen's two sons named Kenneth, who was 55, and Randy, who was 30. So when you say adults, you mean senior citizens. (laughs) Okay. They are adults. (laughs) They're grown. Oh, my gosh. So the Kuntzes lived in an old rundown farmhouse that was falling apart, located by a gravel road intersection about six miles outside of the town of Athens, according to postcrescent.com. 
Absolutely no one had ever gone into the family's home since they never allowed it. The home didn't have any running water or any indoor plumbing, so they used an outhouse that was outside. I don't know if I could live like that. Yeah. That seems a little rough. Well, it was in the 80s, and as you mentioned, they were all a lot older. Yeah. So, so it was how they were life. raised, yeah. so it wasn't anything they Maybe didn't that. know. Yeah, that's true. That is true. There also wasn't any central heating, with the only heat source being one wood-burning stove that was also used for cooking. In Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That would be cold. That would be very cold. The home was on 108 acres of rundown land covered in old broken-down cars. So the town's question was, why the Coons family, since there didn't seem to be any obvious reason someone would target them this way? Yeah. The morning of the 5th of July was when Kenneth actually discovered his whole family had been shot by a 22 caliber rifle. Kenneth was the only family member who worked as no one else in the family had any work record. He either worked at a local mill or cheese factory. I read both in different sources. So Wisconsin. I know when I read that, <laughs> I was like, that makes sense. That's a thing. He also lived in a trailer on the land and not in the actual house. He had been out for the 4th of July buying fireworks and eventually making his way to a bar. Then he proceeded to sleep in his car until coming home the next morning to discover the gruesome scene. Once the police arrived to the dilapidated home, they began investigating. Marie's body was found in the entryway of the home. Randy was on the kitchen floor. Clarence was in a bedroom, and Irene was in a living room armchair. Again, each with a fatal shot in the head at close range. Helen, however, was missing, nowhere to be found. Interesting. Yeah. The police initially suspected that it may have been Kenneth who was responsible, since he seemed fairly reclusive and struggled to answer their questions. However, he actually had a low IQ which made it difficult for him to openly communicate. Once they were able to confirm Kenneth's alibi, the police continued their search for the murderer and Helen. They did discover some evidence that led them to possibly consider Helen had done this to her family. But how old is she? Like She 70? was 70. I don't know about that. Yeah, so a few weeks prior, she had actually purchased twenty-two caliber bullets, which were the same type of bullets that killed her family. The cashier who helped Helen with the purchase told police that she said she was buying them, quote, for her son who was going to kill some pesky blackbirds on their property, end quote, according to Ranker.com. With the potential for this to be a possible lead, police still noted the fact that she was 70 years old and that she still could have had nothing to do with this and was kidnapped, so they kept searching for her. Yeah, does she even have a car? Did they... I don't think the family members drove anywhere. I don't think they did anything like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, she's old. I don't think she's going to yeah. like, murder a I bunch mean, of people and then drive off. Yeah, there's only some evidence that Helen was the one who would do some of the family shopping. Oh, okay. But, she like, she bought the bullets the and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. They're just searching for her. They think she was most likely taken. Yeah. As the search of the family's farmhouse continued, police actually found $22,000 in cash and uncashed checks in various locations around the house. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Who from? Like, just 
from random people or? Yeah, it was their money. The family was known to have paid all of their bills in cash. That's so weird. That's all I know. Unfortunately, as the investigation went on, the town of Athens and the media became less interested in finding the killer and more focused on the family's concerning dynamic. The police made a disturbing discovery of a large collection of pornography all over the family's home, consisting of VHS tapes that had been ordered and magazines. It was confirmed that they all most likely watched the videos together and that incest occurred. No. Uh, mm-hmm. <sighs> this is weird. According to Ranker.com, before the murders, Helen had actually made a comment to a cashier about being upset her family watched, quote, dirty movies, end quote. <laughs> Another questionable factor was the family's sleeping arrangements. It was discovered that Clarence, Irene, and Marie all slept in the living room together, while Helen and her younger son, Randy, shared not only a room, but a bed as well. Oh, my. This is so strange. The family's lifestyle didn't stop there, though. Oh. When Helen was 15 years old, she had her son, Kenneth. However, at the time, she claimed that the father was their neighbor who was a farmer and actually had a family of his own. Despite there being no actual evidence, just Helen's word, he was actually tried and convicted for raping and impregnating Helen and went to prison. Oh my gosh. But it's speculated. so sad. Yeah. If it's not true. Well, that, that's if it's true. Sorry. No. To clarify. There is a possibility that it isn't. It's speculated that Helen lied to protect her brother Clarence since it was believed that he was actually the father of Kenneth. That's where I thought you were going with this. That's I spoke too soon. Yeah. I didn't mean to try to say No. If that man really did that terrible yes, terrible yes. act, but But I thought I thought I knew where you were going with this and yeah. yeah. Sorry. So Clarence was most likely believed to be the father of Kenneth and Randy as well, since Helen never married. So that's where the low IQ could have come from. Yeah, it's possible. I know there is science that backs that up. Yeah. Kenneth even said to the police that he had been told Clarence was his father and Randy's father. But ultimately, he didn't know for sure, despite the fact that he admitted to seeing his mother and Clarence engage in incest when he was a child. (sighs) Gosh. Yeah. I try not to judge on a lot of these podcasts because most of the time it's wrong to judge. But this is... It's tough to hear, but I have a little more explanation about some of this family's struggles and maybe some answers. Okay. So, a look even deeper into the family's past would also explain the difficulties the family faced and the possibilities of mental illness in the family. So, the parents of the four Kuntz siblings were Ignatz and Anna Kuntz, and they had faced their own similar horrific experience at the beginning of their marriage, according to Ranker.com. It was December of 1905, and Ignatz and Anna were living with Ignatz's mother, Mary, and one of Ignatz's brothers named Wenzel in Manawak, Wisconsin. These are some interesting names. Yeah, I'm not sure what their ancestry is, but 
Hmm. Ignatz's other brother was living in an insane asylum at the time. Okay. One night when Anna arrived home, she found her mother-in-law had been beaten to death. Oh, no. Ignaz was away at work, so this meant it was Wenzel who had murdered his own mother. Wenzel Kuntz was sent to live the rest of his life in an insane asylum, and Anna and Ignaz made the move to Marathon County, where Ignaz began working for a logging company, according to MyFavoriteMurder.com. They moved to the area after being promised farmland, but it was actually useless land covered in tree stumps the logging company left behind. The companies had offered the land in hopes of getting more labor and by using people's lack of knowledge about farmland, according to postcrescent.com. That's so messed up. I know. Great corporate America. Yeah, from the very beginning. Gosh. They then began having their children and raised them in an 18 by 20 log cabin. The children didn't receive much education at all and were fairly secluded from the outside world, so all they had were each other. Any type of help or treatment for mental illness at the time was obviously non-existent, which would also potentially explain their life choices. Yeah, I mean, that does make more sense. Yeah, so they grew up really secluded, no education, family history of mental illness. Mm -hmm. They just didn't have any relationships with anybody in the outside world, really. So. Yeah, which is strange to think of. Like, it's hard to imagine but yeah so that might explain their choices and their dynamic it's yeah. a possibility i don't you know i mean it makes more sense but it's still hard to hear yeah it is upsetting as the police began to finish up their investigation of the home they didn't really walk away with much evidence they had the casings from the bullets but they had also found tire tracks in the garden they followed the evidence, which eventually, six months later, led them to a 21-year-old farmer named Christopher Jacobs III. He didn't have the cleanest record in town, known for stealing cars and causing other troubles. He had met the Coons family when he purchased a car from them, which meant he had some type of connection to knowing the family, and the police used that to obtain a search warrant for his home. They took his 1974 Dodge Charger... Two 22 caliber rifles, neither being the actual murder weapon, 22 caliber ammunition, and newspaper clippings of the murders, according to WassowPilotReview.com. He had newspaper clippings of the murders? Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a little suspicious. Yeah. The defense claimed this was all circumstantial evidence, though. Nine months after the murders, a shocking discovery was made. Helen's body was found in a creek less than 20 miles away from the family's home. She had also been fatally shot in the head. Do they know if it was within that same time frame? Mm -hmm. She was killed like on that same? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the same night type of thing. Okay. A little over a year after the murders, Christopher Jacobs was charged with the five murders. Did they find more evidence or? No, that was it. They just so they, felt that was enough, I guess. They didn't find after anything after five years, so they're just like... No, no, no. It only been a year. Oh, I thought you said five years. Sorry. No, five murders. The five uh, murders. Oh, okay. Sorry. It was a little over a year after okay. the murders. I see. 
So in October of 1989, Christopher Jacobs went to trial for the murders and his lawyers fought that there just wasn't enough evidence to link him to the crimes, but the prosecutors fought back stating it was. Which it doesn't seem like there is enough evidence. Yeah. I mean... They don't have the murder weapon. No. Did they tie... You said the tire tracks. Did that match his vehicle or... So I think it was a similarity. I don't know how perfect or spot on... Back then. ...the tracks were because they've just found them in mud and they might have been similar to his cars. I think that was... I think that was what they were explaining. Did he have like an alibi or anything or... I guess not. Okay. Not enough to have gotten him out of this completely yeah on october 28th the jury only deliberated for 10 hours before announcing that christopher was not guilty and he was acquitted on all five counts of murder the prosecutors were extremely upset since they felt that the jury focused more on the Kuntz's questionable lifestyle choices and the fact that they were outsiders They stated that the system had failed the family because they were different. Crocker Stevenson was a reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Sentinel, I don't know how to say that, I'm sorry, who closely followed the case and did tons of research on the Kuntz family. He actually ended up writing a book about the Kuntz's lives and deaths called Blood Relative Portrait of a Mass Murder. When Christopher was acquitted, he said, quote, They put a suit on him and cut his hair, but he was a thug and he came from a family who looked at these people, the Kuntzes, as someone they could victimize, end quote. However, four years later, everything would be turned upside down. In 1993, an ex-girlfriend of Christopher Jacobs named Stacy Weiss came forward and told police that he had actually confessed to the murders to her. Oh, dang. She told the police that two years prior in 1991, they were heading home from their local pool league when he asked how she would feel if he told her he was actually the one responsible for killing the Coons family. And the reason he did it was, quote, to prove to himself that he was a man. What the? So he's crazy. If this is true, that's... I'm not saying... I'm not really leaning either way in the story, but I will... I'll explain more and you guys can tell me what you think. So he told Stacy to drive to the house and park in the garden where he supposedly told her he went to the Kuntz's home that night and Randy let him in since they knew each other from the car transaction. They then supposedly got into an argument and he shot Randy, which there were signs on Randy's body that he had been in some type of physical altercation before being shot. Christopher's ex-girlfriend then went on to say that he then proceeded to shoot the rest of the family in the home, tie Helen up, and take her to the creek where he shot and left her. But why that part? Like, why, like, kidnap her, take her to a different location, if it was him, if this is all true, like, his confession? Whoever did it, if it was Christopher Jacobs, if it wasn't, they believe that they took Helen because they had a vendetta or like were kind of disgusted of her because in this small town was where she had yeah. two sons who were believed to be her brothers. They made her a specific target 
made her a victim of something worse because they were upset by that. Yeah. I that mean, was just a, their theory mm-hmm. why this why Which she was targeted. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So he then had Stacy leave the Coons home and drive to the creek in Medford where Helen was found. She also stated that Christopher told her he admitted to the killings to his defense attorney, who wrote what he said on a piece of paper, had Christopher sign it, and sealed it, according to postcrescent.com. Is that a thing? Like, I don't know what the purpose of that would yeah, be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's, I don't know. That's just a that's detail all. I read that I thought I'd share. I don't know what that means, like how they could prove that, what <laughs> factor that would play in any of this. Blackmail. I don't know. Yeah, it's his de- defense attorney, so yeah. I don't know why. Why would you want that evidence around if that yeah. could... if you yeah. admitted to something like that. I don't know. So Christopher Jacobs was then charged with kidnapping and false imprisonment of Helen Kuntz since they couldn't charge him a second time for the murders due to it being double jeopardy. Mm, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't be charged for the same crime twice or more than once. Interesting. Yeah, I forget about that stuff. Yeah. The charges were also made just a few hours before the statute of limitations was going to expire on the case, according to postcrescent.com. And how long is that? It's a time frame that varies. I don't know. Okay. A typical time frame. Yeah. It was just clearly, what did I say, four years? I think it was yeah, four years after over that. he had been acquitted. So that was, I don't know if that's universal or unique to each case. Yeah. Christopher still tried to fight these charges, stating that it was double jeopardy, despite a circuit judge ruling stating that it was not. And he even appealed to the Supreme Court, but they refused to hear the case. The second trial began on June 8, 1998. The prosecution used the same evidence from the first trial and the new testimony of Christopher's ex-girlfriend. Christopher's defense attorney argued during the trial that Stacy was lying and was just a criminal and an upset girl who saw an opportunity to get a lesser sentence for her own crimes. What were her crimes? So, Stacy was under the possibility of a burglary charge and a bank robbery charge in Minnesota. Oh my gosh. But she was able to end up pleading guilty to a lesser burglary charge and was not charged with bank robbery due to the deal she made, according to postcrescent.com. She did that by herself or like... Because she um, made this testimony, gave this testimony. No, I'm saying like she robbed a bank by herself. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it was a group effort or her own doing. It didn't say. That was all I knew. It's intense. Yeah. Real Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. So after four hours, the jury did find Christopher Jacobs guilty, and he was sentenced to 31 years in prison. So what you said, the defense, or not the defense, but the, uh, what do they call it? The Prosecutors. Prosecutors. You said they used the same evidence they used in yeah, the first trial. The tire tracks and the shell casings. So and wouldn't now that be this like testimony. a double jeopardy then? If they're able to use the same evidence as last time, isn't that prosecuting sort of for the same act almost? So not for the same crime though. They're not saying that 
those tire tracks are there and because of the murder, they're saying those tire tracks are there because he kidnapped and falsely imprisoned her. But before they were saying the tire tracks were there because of the murder. Mm -hmm. So they're sort of insinuating that if he took her... Then yeah, the then same. There's not two murdered. sets of tire tracks, but they're not fighting for a murder charge here. So I, know, I guess it was a fine line. I mean, it is a good question about you know the justice system. Like, is this really a double jeopardy or is it not? Like, I definitely think it is on a very fine line here. Yeah, I just think that sounds like it is to me. It is questionable, but I guess the way this team presented it. They found a way to just get around every single thing and found loopholes, I guess. I don't know. If A plus B equals C, then B plus A equals C. (laughs) Yeah, just reverse it. I don't know. So on February 4th, 2020, Christopher, who is 53 years old, was released on parole, but in the same day was booked back into jail for a rule violation and was sent to prison again. But this is actually what Christopher wanted. A few weeks prior, he had written a letter asking to serve out the remainder of his sentence in prison and not be on probation in the Marathon County area. In the letter he wrote, he still claimed his innocence, stating that his ex-girlfriend lied during his trial and that he was afraid the police in the area would, quote, be looking to hook me up on a bogus charge to justify my false imprisonment, end quote, according to wassowdailyherald.com. He ultimately wants to serve out his full sentence and then get out freely so he can leave the state of Wisconsin or possibly the United States. So that was sort of smart of him in like a criminal kind of way. A weird way. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't trust the police because that was more so what he said in his letter that the police lied during his trial and he knows that they would be after him. He was told after he was acquitted to get out of Wisconsin because the police were going to retaliate against him. Yeah. But he did get brought back in on those new charges. So he didn't want to be on probation in that area and risk Mm -hmm. the possibility of those small town police officers coming after him. Yeah. So he's like, no, I want to stay here. So they didn't listen to him. They didn't grant him that they, he got out on parole and then he found a way to get right back into prison so he can serve out his sentence. And he just wants to leave Wisconsin or the States for good. Yeah. Once he can. How long do you get sentenced? So 31 years in 1989, so I think it's, or not 1989, sorry, 1998. So like 2028, 2029. Oh, gosh. Is that right? Around there? So he has a few more years to go. He did not want out in 2020. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is a possibility of a lead that certain researchers of this case felt the police didn't really look into, and that is the possibility of this being a drug deal gone wrong, according to MysteriousHeartland.com. That's, okay, I was thinking with all the money Mm -hmm. that they have, Yeah, sounds like some illegal activity. Yeah. Most likely drugs, especially when you're out in the middle of nowhere and have that privacy to conduct that type of business. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that type of person as well. Yeah, so there was this idea that no robbery was a motive because there was so much cash found around the home. Mm -hmm. 
But apparently, like people who have heavily researched this case said that Helen actually kept a large roll of cash in her drawer that was known and that was actually missing from the crime scene. Okay. So there is a possibility that robbery actually did play a role. Okay. So whether it was Christopher involved or not, the area of Athens was dealing with a drug crisis at the time and individuals had claimed they had purchased drugs from Randy before. Okay. It's believed that Randy sold drugs, but since he lived at home and had no outside connections, he used his brother Kenneth, who worked around a lot of people to help sell them. The night of the murders, there is speculation that the person Randy met with at the home was his supplier expecting payment. However, if Kenneth was the one selling the drugs, he most likely had the majority of cash on him, but he never came home that night. So once Randy could no longer stall, the supplier might have gotten upset and the murders were a direct result. That's, yeah. That is just a theory but an interesting one I thought I would include. Hmm. Is that everything? Yeah, that's everything. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. There was a witness who said during the first trial that they had purchased cocaine from Randy before. But then it was never talked about again or it was just a lead that the people who have researched this case were like, police didn't go down this route. Which means they may have been dirty themselves. Mm -hmm. It's a small town. Yeah. Could have been paid off. And it was that whole Christopher Jacobs was this thug of the town and was easy to pin. I'm not saying he didn't have anything to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he was involved in crime himself. He could have been... He could have been there. Somewhat involved in this somehow. Most people who have researched this case, like... The article I read on MysteriousHeartland.com said the same thing. Like, whether Christopher is guilty or not, he was not alone that night. Yeah. And there was also a witness statement that a woman was driving home that night. And there was a car, like, parked outside of the house. And it had a spotlight on it. And they said, for the area, spotlights on cars were normal. But they weren't usually mounted on cars. Mm -hmm. And then... Because this one was mounted. And then that spotlights were used for deer hunting, but it was July, not deer hunting season. Mm -hmm. And that when she drove by the car, the spotlight like shone on her so she couldn't see who was in the car. And then as she was driving, it started to follow her. But once she got far enough away, they stopped following her. And then the idea is maybe that those were people with the supplier. And then once they realized... People actually drove out there on that gravel road. They got impatient, and then that's when the shooting started. Yeah, Lots of theories. I don't know, but just some other pieces of information that were in this case that weren't really deeply dug into more. Interesting. But yeah, so that is the case of the Kuntz family murders. This is a case for all you crime lovers who want to dig deep. Yeah. There's a lot Definitely out there. Can get into. I included the Facebook page too. It's like a group of people who have shared their little inputs. And apparently there was maybe a somewhat similar murder in the early 2000s that has also been a potential related case or something. I don't know. 
just if you're interested in looking into it, I'll have it all linked in our case sources. Sounds good. Should we move into the question of the day? Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty. So it was your question today. Yeah. Would you like to ask it? Yes. So in honor of a nice long weekend, what is one of your favorite ways to relax right now? Relax. <laughs> huh. I think I forgot how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dylan's not much of a relaxer. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, it's sort of true. Which I am. So <laughs> the fact that I don't really get to relax in the same way anymore <laughs> has been a big life change for me. <laughs> um, I'd say going on a cruise. Yeah. You know? That was <laughs> that one was way a, to do it. That was a very big one. Mm-hmm. That definitely, that would keep me relaxed for at least two months. Yeah. So you can just think back on that. and Just remember. Yeah. <laughs> but actual method to relax, I'd just say working out. After a workout is like bliss. Just, I don't know. After I just kill my body and mentally push myself to the limits in the gym, I feel like really good. Really calm. Must be nice. Because <laughs> Lord knows I don't feel that way. I'm like, will uh, I ever feel like that? Because it doesn't It doesn't look <laughs> like it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I've found the ways to make my workouts more enjoyable for myself as well. So Yeah, that is a good... It comes with time. Yeah, I guess whenever you enjoy anything, it'll always kind of bring you some comfort, some yeah. relaxation. Yeah. What about you? So I definitely have a couple of different methods, of course, you know, massage, a facial, yeah. you know. Things that we never get. Take the hint, Dylan. Um, oh no, <laughs> I'm just gosh. kidding. I'm just kidding. I really like to um, just kind of hang out at home. But there are some small things that Dylan and I do that actually really help me. And one of my favorite things is like, candles or like scents i always have found those to be relaxing like eucalyptus and stuff so we recently got these shower steamers and i think i got them for you for easter yeah but i knew they would benefit me too yeah (laughs) but we got these shower steamers and they're amazing because i'm not a huge bath person but i like to relax so you take these little they're kind of like little circular disc kind of it's a little tablet it's a large tablet it kind of looks like a flattened bath bomb i guess mm-hmm. if you will and you just put it in like the corner of your shower and then the it's steam, a large tums a large <laughs> kind of looks like that but you put it in the corner of your shower and then it steams up and they come in a bunch of different scents but ours is like a mint and eucalyptus one and that is quite the Nice experience. Which we'll probably use tonight because we always forget about it. I know. So. <laughs> I'm like, I need to relax after all this wedding planning. And um, that sounds nice. But yeah, I definitely <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommend those. And we got ours off of Amazon and they were pretty affordable. So I will have those linked. It'll be our Amazon affiliate link below in the case description, the description box where you usually find all of our info. I'll have it linked and use our link our affiliate link and you will you need to get some is all i'm gonna say you need them yeah. in your life because i love them they are actually really nice 
Yeah. And since I'm allergic to cats and we have a cat, mm-hmm. it really opens up like my airways. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely like clears your sinuses. And I always feel like rejuvenated after. Yeah. So if you're not a big bath person, but you want to relax, shower steamers. Check out our <laughs> Amazon affiliate <laughs> link below. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that's everything. I think that's it for this week. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us and listening to our crazy case. Let us know what you think. I know there's a lot of different speculations and thoughts, so please feel free to message us. Yeah. Hey, guys. Don't forget to follow our True Time podcast social media pages where you can find case sources and photos from all of our cases. We post that every week with the podcast. So that's at True Time Podcast, and that's on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want to follow our personal lives, you can follow Avery on Instagram and TikTok, and that's at Avery E. Hamill. Thank you so much again to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's podcast. Please feel free to check out our link down below to get 10% off your first month. All right, everyone, we hope you have a wonderful and super safe week. Yeah, and we hope your long weekend was fantastic. Yep, we'll see you guys next Monday. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.